Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll pop resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Welcome back, everyone, to the next episode of High Tide, Low Tide. I am very excited today because I have a very, very special guest here, Josh. Josh is joining me. He's come all the way after work, all the way to the other side of Adelaide to record with me. So I'm very excited. Thanks so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. Um, So I'm going to start off the episode by getting you to just give us a little bit of information about yourself. Yeah, cool. So... (laughs) Yeah, I'm, uh, well, yeah, just recently turned 30, um, own a small building company. And yeah, I guess why I'm here and, and how we met is I've been like a long-term advocate for sort of breaking down the stigma of mental health and yeah, breaking down the stigma, you know, with the conversations that surround mental health and mm-hmm. how we're sort of looking at mental health, how we're talking about it, how we go about changing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's, and that's good. it. <laughs> So we actually crossed paths last year. So I put on a fundraiser to raise money specifically for men's mental health. And I figured that seeing as it was an event for men's mental health, me telling my story as not a male um, probably wasn't going to help too many people. So I put the call out um, for speakers on my social media. And this is the wonderful world that we live in in 2021 last year. And I had multiple people message me and tell me to look you up. So that was a big, like, <laughs> round of applause for sure. Um, so you actually came along and spoke on the night for me. So that was an amazing thing that you did for me. Yeah, no, that was a cool event, really cool event. Um, yeah. yeah, it was all time. Yes. Well, again, thank you very, very much. <laughs> so obviously you came along and you shared your own personal story with your mental health. So we're going to talk a bit about that, obviously, today. So... Let's go back to the sort of the very start of your journey um, and you can tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I guess growing up, I'm from originally from the south coast of New South Wales. So, yeah, like lived on a farm and small town and, yeah, have always played sport, um, Mm -hmm. have always been, you know, all my jobs have been like in trade sort of background. Yeah. Worked in a butcher shop, worked (laughs) on a farm. You know, like worked as trade assistant, all in school holidays and things like that. Yeah. So I guess um, always outside of home was in really male-dominated yeah. sort of areas. Um, you know, a lot of male bravado, <laughs> and uh, you know, which is can be a really good thing. Yeah. Um, my home life, I actually lived with my mum and my sister. So my home life was quite female dominated. <laughs> so I guess uh, growing up with my mum and my sister, my mum was always super big. She was a pretty spiritual person and, and always super big on, I guess, getting in touch with your feelings and sharing yeah. your feelings and that sort of thing. So Amazing. Yeah, which is great. Um, so I guess it sort of brought me up to be a pretty sensitive person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, but I guess transferring that into like those male-dominated areas outside of home, which I really enjoyed and just sort of naturally fell into, yeah, definitely made it hard because mm. obviously I never really saw any of that in those areas. It was always just classic male sort of don't talk about your feelings, yeah. don't show any signs of weakness, just all the stereotypes that you can think of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess after I left school... It just went through like a really natural process of not really knowing or knowing where I fit in the world, yeah. trying all different things, trying to figure out where my career was going and, you know, manage a young relationship. And and I think that's really, really common. Yeah. And it's something that no one really prepares you for. Like you leave high school at the top of the podium yeah. and then – you're kind of just left to like run off to the rest of the world and no one really gives you a instruction manual. Nah. And reality hits you hard. <laughs> Proper hard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, I was school captain or whatever at school, mm-hmm. had heaps of mates, like felt super comfortable there, you know, like yeah. it was all time. And then, um, yeah, after school just was pretty confused. And anyway, I started a, a carpentry apprenticeship, which was sweet. Um, did a bit of travelling, started a carpentry apprenticeship. But, yeah, that, I just ended up taking the first sort of job that was offered to me and, yeah, ended up being such a shit place to work. <laughs> like the guys there Aww. were just like so horrible and, you yeah. know, just like so demeaning all the time. And Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it just at the end of the day, I think all of that just got to me mm-hmm. and being a young man, you know, in a trade, yeah, you know, everyone was just like, this is just how it is, mate. Whenever I sort of said... Or, you know, I went to my boss and said, hey, mate, this is what's happening. You know, he's like, well, this is how it is, mate. You're an apprentice. So, right. you know, it's a rite of passage. You've got to go through it. Everyone goes through it. Do you, you know? think that they kind of, like, in general, kind of a lot of some places kind of take advantage of people in that position? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think for I think it's changing now. Yeah. Yeah, but certainly. Back it, then. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, it's certainly, you know, a lot of those older guys, Yeah, it was very much like, yeah, well, you're an apprentice, you know, I had shit thrown at me when I was an apprentice, so now it's my turn to throw it at yeah. you sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the guys I was working with, to be honest, were particularly horrible people. But, right. Um, yeah, just it's got just extra all, unlucky. Yeah, exactly right. But, yeah, it sort of got to a point where, you know, I just thought I was failing all the time. Yeah. Um, and being told I was failing all the time and not really telling anyone that I felt like a failure or that I felt like I was really struggling. Yeah, it got to a point where, like, I would literally, you know, drive to work in tears, Ugh. get out of the car, work for the day, drive home in tears. You know, I felt like um, I was sleeping solidly every single night but um, still waking up super tired, mm. you know, get home, pretty much lie down on the bed, nap, get up for dinner, go straight back to bed. I was just exhausted mm-hmm. and got up the next day and just did it did all, it all again. over again. Yeah. yeah. It just felt honestly like a bit of a spiral sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it sort of all of a sudden it just got to a point where, yeah, I just wasn't happy. My relationship at the time was really struggling, I think, yeah. because of it. And, yeah, I remember this sort of one day so vividly that my girlfriend at the time came over after work and I'd had a shit day and, I don't know, must have been a real massive asshole to her. <laughs> and um, she was like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to stay here then. I'm going to go home sort of thing. And I was like, yeah, sure. So she left and, you know, in my head I was like, you dickhead, like you were just an unnecessary asshole just then. But I had, it couldn't even say that to yeah. anyone, you know. And, 
Um, I recognised it but didn't know how to express that. Yeah, then I was sort of just uh, trying to make my lunch for work and couldn't find any glad wrap and just lost the plot. <laughs> like could have used alfoil or whatever, but the glad wrap just set me off. Yeah. And she just like threw an empty glad wrap container across the room, like went into my room, just started beating my pillow and um, yeah. thought, nah, fuck it, I'm going to go to the gym. This is like 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. So I got in my car, just burned off down the freeway, just sat in my car and just cried, just yeah. like broke down, you know. Yeah, I pretty much like looked at myself in the rear vision mirror and was like, mate, this is it's too hard, too hard for anyone to be around you. You know, yeah. you're not going well. Everyone around you is going well except, you know, you seem to be just mm. doing heaps of shit. It's probably the first time, yeah, that I, I sort of had looked at myself dead in the eye in the mirror and th- honestly thought that, you know, suicide might have been on the cards, you know. Yeah. Um, wow. And my... Best mate at the time, or oh, still my best mate today. But, <laughs> um, my best mate at the time was living away. <laughs> this is where and, grammar comes yeah, in, right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, there's a reason I'm a carpenter, <laughs> so no judgments. But um, he was living away as a journalist in Shepparton, and just out of the blue, just um, messaged me. Was like, "Hey, brother, like haven't spoken in a while. How you been?" And that was it. And for me, that was super pivotal because, like, him and I are, you know, like in pretty, we're pretty much, we are like family. You know, yeah. like, we're so intertwined in each other's families. Yeah. Um, like, I go to all these family dinners and things <laughs> like that. So, an extra son. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just thought, like, if the roles were reversed, I would do fucking anything to yeah. go and help him or, you know, I would go from wherever I was in the world to make sure he was okay or do whatever I could to support. Of course. And, um, yeah, honestly, that's what sort of made me like you need to sort your shit out, mate. Cause yeah. What timing. I know. It's like uncanny. And it, it sounds. The universe. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds too. Yeah. Too much like. Uh, we didn't write this out as a story beforehand. No, this exactly is a right. real story. Exactly right. Yeah, it just felt, it felt too, it's almost too much. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's scripted or something. But but it's stories like that that, like, and I'm a big advocate of this, of, like, if you're missing somebody or if you want to tell someone that you love them or that you miss them or whatever it is, just do it yeah. because you have no idea what that person could be going through that day. No. And getting just a message that says, hey, I hope you're okay or, hey, I haven't seen you in a while, I miss you, thinking of you, whatever it is, literally has the ability to turn somebody's day or life around. For like sure. that, And I don't feel like I'm being over the top. Like I really, truly believe that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? oh, oh, absolutely. Proof. Like, You're proof. proof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like who knows if I hadn't got that message. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm super lucky and, and have a great support crew. And, yeah. You know, um, always have had a really, really cool team around me. Yes. But, yeah, I totally think and I think that's something that people – even in this day and age, you know, like it actually takes fuck all effort to save a life, but yeah. everyone has the power to, you yeah. know, and that's that's such a all like an awesome thing to think 100%. about. But yeah, it, it takes a message, a call, just a genuine mm. moment of effort for someone else could mm-hmm. honestly save a life. It's 100%. as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. So for you in in your journey, so you you mentioned that you. 
you had felt like maybe, you know, the world wouldn't be, you know, it would be better off without me here. But that was as far as those kind of thoughts went for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, in terms of, um, yeah, I guess in terms of like, yeah, suicide or speaking about that sort of self-harm or anything like yeah. that, that's sort of as, as far as it went for me. Yeah. Uh, and like we spoke about before, like, I, yeah, I guess my story, it's not, you know, like a tale of survival or yeah. uh, or anything like that. But the more that once I, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute, but once mm-hmm. I sort of started to share my story and talk to more people about how I was feeling and how I wanted to change things, it was almost everyone who I spoke to had felt what I had felt at some point. Yeah. And I think that's what is so important about sharing stories, even if they are not, you know, if they All don't. All the doom and gloom. Yeah, just exactly a little doom right. And gloom. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a sprinkle. <laughs> just a fairy sprinkle of doom, exactly. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, I think that it's really common. Like, yeah. Yeah, really common. A hundred percent. And so yeah. obviously we were talking before we started recording, which I should have just started recording. Yeah. But I was saying the same thing about my own story that sometimes I have to, you know, I think, oh, well, your story is not bad enough. Your depression wasn't bad enough. Like, who are you to talk about it? But there would be so many people still resonating with, you know, my story and your story, even though it wasn't the big doom and gloom. It was yeah, a for sure. That's it. And, and I think... <laughs> You know, knowing what I know now mm. about the signs and symptoms of a mental illness and depression, mm. yeah, I was fucking textbook. <laughs> I honestly could have just ticked every single one. Yeah. Gone on Google, like Googled signs and symptoms, and I could have self-diagnosed right yeah. there and then. Um, Although we always say you shouldn't do that for a re- lot of things. <laughs> I definitely don't recommend. But Maybe um, for this, yeah. yes, but not for any other symptoms. No, no, yeah, definitely don't recommend. So, yeah, I think that and, and then, you know, I could, have, I could have got the help and I could have got the help earlier. Yeah, and, um, yeah. You know. so you going back to that night, you had gone, did you end up at the gym? No, no. no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, it's okay. I don't yeah. think it was really the best thing for you at that point. No. But so you've gone and you've pulled over. Your mate has sent you this text. What happened after that? Yeah, well, I guess after that, I yeah drove home. Yes. I think about a week, maybe two weeks later, I my girlfriend and I broke up mm-hmm. on a Monday night, mm-hmm. and I quit my job on a Tuesday. Oof. And then was sort of like left at this like, right, <laughs> what got now? a lot of time now. <laughs> um, I went and sat in the desert with my other best mate for like a month. Awesome. And then surfing and just yeah. rotting out pretty much. And, yeah, and then came home and I took a few months to yeah just sort of like collect my thoughts and did a few odd jobs and then, um, yeah, you know, took like – decided that I did want to keep going with my apprenticeship and, and and did you stay where you were no no no, no. oh no sorry you said you quit yeah 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 quit. yeah, yeah. so I quit and, and found a new apprenticeship yeah. yeah and then I guess also in that time which is sort of what's led me here yes is um again just by chance I was just on Facebook or whatever and saw a newspaper article about a young guy in Queensland um, who had taken his own life mm-hmm. um, and they were – the article sort of made reference of an organisation called Livin', 
mm-hmm. who was super new at the time. And that was started by two guys, Casey Lyons and, and Sam Webb, um, guys from the Gold Coast. And that was inspired by those two blokes losing their best mate to suicide. Right. And yeah, their mantra just super, like resonated with me so hard. And it was just, it ain't weak to speak. Yeah. Which I was like, fucking oath. You know, <laughs> like it's. Damn right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I ended up, like, I just loved it so much. And I loved it because. You know, Casey was a chippy, so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like those guys are just two normal guys. That, yeah. You know, Casey was a trade and, and I think Sam was in sales at the time, but, you know, like good country larrikin sort yeah. of lad and yeah. from the Goldie. Um, two everyday guys. Two just everyday yeah. guys. Yeah. Sort yeah. of close to my age and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I got in touch with them and I was like, hey, listen, what can I do to help? I would love to sort of get involved with living and, um I think they were just operating in Queensland and Sydney at the time and yeah. they're like, mate, you do, we've got nothing going in SA, so you take it and do whatever you want with it. Amazing. And, yeah, like um, last year was, yeah, so I had my last sort of like living talk like last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nine, nine or, nah, yeah, almost like eight or nine years with living. Yeah. Yeah. So. How many, like how many different events do you reckon you would have oh. spoken at? Oh, mate, I spoke at <laughs> schools. Like, yeah. And, yeah, I, schools, went up and did like a two-day tour in the mines. Oh, amazing. Um, WA, um, went down and spoke in Tassie at the university down there. Yeah. Businesses in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, so were they, they, were they mostly focused on men or were they f- for everyone? Yeah, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I think... Um, yeah, in the early days, I think they sort of just fell into men's mental health yeah. just because they were two guys and whatever. But, yeah. yeah, certainly they quickly grew and had some great success, especially mm-hmm. on the eastern states. And, yeah, I mean, they say that, you know, one in five people will experience a mental illness at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. But if you're born onto this earth, everyone has mental health. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Whether you like it or not, everyone's got mental health. Everyone's yeah. got physical health and mental health. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it was for everyone for sure. Yeah. And I think like educating people around that term of what you've just said, everybody has mental health, I think that is something that still probably needs a little bit of work because, you know, the p- way that people say, oh, well, you know, oh, they've got mental health. Well, yeah, everybody has mental health. I, I have a mental health condition. Yeah. Or I have problems with my mental health, yeah. <laughs> depending on the day. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, definitely, and you can probably say the same thing. I mean, I was diagnosed 16 years ago and I spent a lot of time working with Beyond Blue. So I feel like our story is actually quite similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. And in that time, that since I started doing my guest speaking with Beyond Blue, I can definitely say that there has been a huge shift in the way that people um, talk about mental health. And I do think there has been some reduction in stigma. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that there has been... I think it's a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, You can disagree if you like. No, (laughs) I think there has definitely been a reduction in stigma in like actually speaking about mental illness. 100%. I personally believe that probably... It's too easy for people to just put up a post about it and feel like mm-hmm. they've made an effort in making a change. Yeah. Which probably sounds a bit cynical, but um, yeah, I, I think that 
there's probably still a lot of work to do. Yes. In terms of making people comfortable uh, to sit down or put their hand up and say, hey, listen, I'm battling here. Yeah. I just need to chat to you about it. Or reaching out to their mates in a really genuine effort yeah. and sort of saying, hey, mate, like I've just noticed that you're pretty flat at, at the moment and I just want to chat to you. Can mm-hmm. we catch up for a coffee? Yeah. And then, you know, like following that up and yeah. not just making it a, a, a throwaway thing. Exactly comment. right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of people are talking about it more, yes. which is great. But I think there's still a long way to go. And mm-hmm. I think the statistics probably reflect that as well. Yeah. That there's a long way to go in making people understand that if you're going to make the effort to check in on someone, it's for real. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's yeah. yeah important. And I think sometimes what holds people back from maybe reaching out or asking someone if they're okay is because they're not sure what to say if someone comes back and says, actually, I am struggling. Yeah. But you you don't have to know the the perfect thing to say back to someone. Sometimes it is just having had somebody ask if you're okay that's going to make the difference, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah, the text message. Yeah, yeah. That's all it took. (laughs) Like it's, it's just letting someone letting you know that they care. Yeah. Um, and you don't need to know the answers because you know, I've done a mental health first aid course, but I'm not a mental health professional by any means. Same. You know, so and even if you haven't done a mental health first aid course, like you're not a mental health professional, so no expects you to have the, the answers like a mental health professional might. Um, people just need a shoulder to cry on and, mm-hmm. and an ear, ear to listen to what's going on in their life. And, yeah. you know, if, if you can be that personal support in that moment, then mm-hmm. that's job well done. Yeah. And it can be just a matter of, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you're going through that. Let's see how we can get help together. Or, you know, let's look it up on the internet together or <laughs> on the, maybe not the size of the symptoms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like, let's make the appointment with the GP together or just having someone and letting that person know that you are there with them for the, you know, the next step can sometimes take a lot of that fear for the person who's worried about who they should ask or who they should talk to about getting help. I think that can really, you know, be a a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. I think that I always say to people that I think the second effort in checking in on someone is almost more important. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's that initial conversation of, hey, listen, I've noticed you've been flat. Like you just chat to me about what's going on and if you feel comfortable. Um, yes. You know, if not, that's sweet. I'm just letting you know that I've noticed it. So mm-hmm. I just want you to know that someone's looking out there for you. Have you got people you can chat to? If you feel more comfortable chatting to them, that's great. And then, you know, like, hey, listen, I'm going to check in on you in a week or so, just see how you're tracking. Um, it's no pressure to respond, but... Yeah, I just want you to know that you're still in my thoughts. So yeah, and then actually following through with that. Yes, that person is like, oh shit, like they never came back. Said about that. Yeah. yeah. So set a reminder in your phone. Put a yeah. calendar invite. We have literally our phones are attached to our hip these days. There's yeah, no yeah. excuse. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so after you spent that time away and you came back, you went back to the apprenticeship. 
for you, there was no psychologist involved or did you see someone that was helping you in that way? No, I didn't go to a psychologist at that point. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that's wrong. I uh, went and saw a psychologist for like one or two sessions. Yeah. Um, but that was probably not until I was feeling much better. Right. Which, yeah, I guess it's sort of interesting, but um, my mum sort of just, my mum actually saw a psychologist and said, you should go see this guy, he's pretty cool. And uh, it was really worthwhile because um, I guess when you're feeling like low or you're not feeling on top of things, people giving you that sort of information, um, you know, it's good to help you to get out of it. But if you're able to go and speak to someone when you're feeling good and say, hey, listen, this is just what I've been through, you know, they'll, they'll be able to give you tips and tools to, if you, to help you recognise when you might be starting to feel average. Yeah. And um, then to, as I said, those tools to implement to sort of stop you sliding down the scale yeah. into sort of like a, a bit of a spiralling point of, of mental health. Yes. Yeah. And I know like for myself, because I see a psych um, every second month, like I just have a standing appointment and often I will, you know, if I'm feeling good in the lead up to that appointment, I'm like, oh, I should just cancel. Like I'm fine. I don't need to see her. Yeah. And, or, and, but then I tell myself as well, no, you need to go. Yeah. There's always multiple conversations going on inside my own head. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I walk in and I'm like, I've got no idea what I'm going to say to her. Like, I don't know, everything's fine. And then I sit down and it's just like word vomit. Yeah. Because psychologists do a lot of training to become a psychologist. I think it's like eight years or something that they have to do, like the, the degree and then another degree or something. It's a lot. One of my friends is a psychologist. So yeah. I know she's studied for a long, long time. Yeah. So they know what they're doing. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> or they're, they're a mental health professional. Like, exactly. You know, like... People always say to me, like, oh, I don't know, I can't believe you just know how to build a house. Like, yeah. yeah well, I don't know, it's just what I do, you know. <laughs> like, the same with mental health professionals. Like, they just, as you say, they've studied. Yeah. This is their field of work. so They, they practice it every day. They know the questions to ask. Yeah. You know, and, um, yeah, finding a good psychologist, like, I've got a good one now. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen a couple since the first time I saw one. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't see one regularly but I still if I need one will definitely reach out and yeah um yeah I've had my fair share of mental health care plans and yeah and all the rest of it so it's still something I really value yes um but yeah they just once you find a good one they just know the questions yeah easy to relate to make you feel comfortable and the the thing I really like about going to see the psychologist is that they're totally impartial to my life yeah. Like they don't know me outside that one hour that I <laughs> just go and sit there. And so, you know, I don't have to go and speak to my mate from school and be Josh from school or mm. my mate from work and be Josh from work or whatever it is. You know, I'm just uh, Josh and I can just say whatever I please. Yes. And it just ends up being super candid. Yeah. And you just walk out of there feeling like you really just spoke your truth. Yeah. And didn't sugarcoat it for us because I, th I think sometimes, you know, you, when you sit down with your mates and, again, like still really, really worthwhile because these people really care about you. But I think there's probably sometimes can be things like, oh, I know like Lisa. Mm -hmm. So I sort of know 
you know, like the bits that she'll be really good at helping me with. And so I probably, you know, I won't tell her this bit and, yeah. and so on and so forth, but um, which is just like a natural thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, when you sit down with a psychologist, someone who's just totally impartial, it's, I find it quite easy to open up and tell them everything. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not like going to try and skew skew you one way or the other because they're not going to benefit themselves either way. No. The only person that they have an interest in is helping you. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, I'm obviously a massive advocate of um, psychologists, but it's not part of everybody's um, journey. Yeah. But it's good to hear different people's um, opinion on it or, you know, how often they're going or, you know, how many different ones they've seen because... People, I think people have a particular view sometimes on, oh, you're seeing a psychologist um, and maybe they think, oh, you know, oh, I'm not bad enough to need to see a psychologist. But for me, it goes back to that the comparison of mental health and physical health, right? Yeah. We should be maintaining both of them. So if you go to a gym or if you've hurt your leg, you'll see a physio or a chiro, depending on which side of that argument you're on. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you'll see someone who's been trained to help you rehabilitate that. To me, it's the same with a psychologist. Yeah, for sure. You know, I just don't think there should be a stigma around that. No, that's it. And people go to the physio to get tune-ups. Yeah. I go to the osteopath every four weeks. Yeah. Even if I'm feeling good because I know if I don't, then I'm just falling into a shit heap. So, exactly. Yeah. Preemptive. Yeah. It's, it's all it's preventative maintenance. Yeah. And like you say, yeah, I guess the way that I sort of look at mental health is we can sort of split it up two ways. You've got mental health, which is like a quantifiable scientific state of being, mm-hmm. just like your physical health, where you can have a condition or an illness that makes your health in, in mentally you know, decline and um, can to varying degrees sort of upset the balance. Yeah. Um, but then you've also got mental well-being, which mm. is probably more of the individual, like it's different for every individual. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, there's probably a lot of different ways that people can work on their mental well-being. Mm-hmm. But I think maintaining your mental well-being certainly helps in maintaining good mental health. Yeah. Um, you know, That's you, a really good way to look at it. Yeah. So if you, you sort of like think about your mental well-being like diet or exercise mm-hmm. and then, yeah, obviously your mental health is that quantifiable yeah. sort of aspect to it. So I think, yeah, like I go to the osteopath so that my physical health, you know, I'm maintaining my sort of like physical well-being so mm-hmm. that my actual quantifiable physical health stays okay yeah same as uh, going to a psychologist when you feel good mm-hmm. it's just like yeah keeping check on your mental well-being so that when you feel mm-hmm. good you can take in the information the tips and the tricks and download and whatever mm-hmm. so that when you sort of start to feel average you've got a solid foundation sort of solid base so that your mental health yeah doesn't you know get yeah. too badly impacted yeah Good. So what are the ways that you take care of your own mental well-being? Yeah, I'm super into getting out into nature. Yes. Um, I've actually got some horses. I ride horses. So. Do you? Yeah. Where? Uh, okay, Down your way? Up at uh, Property in the Hills. What? Yeah. yeah. So I go horse riding as much as I can. Like I froth that. I've That's... never ridden a like only a pony. 
Like yeah. when I was a kid. Never, I've never been horse riding. Oh, well, I've got one. Yeah. So, yeah, let me know. <laughs> so, yeah, I love – there's so many aspects to that that I relate back to mm. mental health. So yeah, that's a massive thing for me. Freedom, um, right? It's just freedom. Yeah. Like, yeah, total – probably getting a little bit um, – <laughs> bit fluffy now but yeah they're an awesome animal and like yeah. you really have to choose how you respond around they pick up on every little bit of energy shift so right. you have to really like make sure you're responding you know appropriately and choosing how you respond to any sort of situation otherwise awesome. you're probably going to hit the deck and get hurt <laughs> um yeah you know like uh not that i get heaps of time to go and do it but i love surfing um mm-hmm. yeah it's just Getting it. nature is a massive thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. even like honestly as simple as feeling the breeze. Yeah. yeah. It's just, um, yeah, I, I love connecting with nature and, and taking some time to observe and, yeah, that's probably my biggest one. Biggest one. Um, other than that, to be honest, it's taken me a long time but I'm really good at chatting about things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really good at now I am. Um mm-hmm. It's a skill yeah. that I, I've worked really hard on. But now I, I do have the people who I can sit down with and chat and download and, yeah. yeah. Those people are super important as well. Yeah, Definitely. for sure. Yeah. And I think there's such a power in that shared experience and, like, connection with people. Like, we are supposed to be, you know, living with other people or around other people and I think – that there's a huge power in that for sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Any other, like, strange ones? I always, like, I mean, for me, I always say, like, I love crosswords and people yeah, are like, yeah. oh, what do you mean crosswords? Yeah. Like, any other ones that aren't your typical, like, I go to the gym and I eat good food, which is, like, on my top ten list. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, no, I don't really. Um, like, I love getting in the shed. Like, yeah. So I love like welding or doing building some furniture or amazing. Yeah, I love just zoning out, cranking yeah. some tunes and and doing stuff with my hands. Yeah. Um, and being creative in that space. Yeah. Probably the other one, which isn't like super, <laughs> isn't super out there, but I'm super conscious of my alcohol intake. Yeah. Yeah, alcohol is definitely a trigger for me that um I proper get the blues when I'm hungover. So yeah, yeah, I know if I'm stressed or going through like a really busy time at work or I've got some shit going on, mm-hmm. then I'll sort of like actively say no to events and just um stay clear of the booze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I think that's an interesting one in Australia specifically as well because I think you know it's just part of like the Australian culture almost that everyone has a drink and yeah people who maybe drink to excess like it's considered just to be normal yeah here. i have literally no statistics to back this up but yeah. oh, it's so true though like someone who a person in my life who i feel is one of the people who i could absolutely confide in and they mm-hmm. will confide in me and, and we've had sort of some similar life experiences so we can fight in each other a, a fair bit about that. I remember going to the pub with him. He's like, you want to go to the pub? I was like, yeah, no worries, man. And so we've gone to the pub. He's got a beer and I just had a soda water and he was like, I wouldn't have come to the pub with you if you knew it. Knew it was <laughs> I was like, what the difference is, mate? What's in my glass? Mate? Like, you want to chat him or not? Like, yeah, it's this weird, like, it's yeah. totally weird, like, at least, yeah. Like, if as long as, yeah, it doesn't I matter. I know what, what you mean. Yeah. Like, it's like. 
you have to, for you to be bonding, you also needed to have a beer. Yeah. But also what's really awesome um, in the last probably 12 months that I've noticed is that loads of breweries have bought out no alk beers. Yeah. I literally have like, I think it's like Heineken 0% beers in my fridge. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm stoked about it. Which is because there is this thing like I know after, you know, like a big surf or mm. a big day at work, sometimes I just want a beer. Yeah. But I don't really want the alcohol content in yeah. it, but I just feel like a beer. I so, know. Yeah, they're a, a real, yeah, I think they're cool. Yeah. I know. Some you, um, of them taste like shit. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, good one. They're pretty tasty. Yeah. The Heineken one's not too bad. Yeah. I know Pirate Life um, have also released, oh, it's been out for ages now, I think, but they have like a point, I think it's called point nine. Yeah, right. So it's, it's not completely free of alcohol, but it's point nine. So usually when I, Go there. It's only around the corner from where I live. Yeah. But um, that's what I'll drink because I'll usually drive and I can have a, a couple and join in and yeah. be a part of the rounds and yeah. everything like that. But I'm not actually getting drunk or tipsy or anything like that. And it's really enjoyable. Yeah. And also, actually, this is so going on a tangent, but whatever. It's my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen low elk gins. Yeah, being yeah. released yeah, as I'm well. A, I'm a big gin man. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the airport for work the other day and they had them there. I can't remember the brand, so I can't shout them out. Yeah. But there's lots of stuff like low alk wines and everything. So maybe there is a shift coming in well, yeah. Australian culture. <laughs> well, yeah, like I was speaking to someone the other day and they were just, I'm probably, I'm probably a bit of a workaholic. I work a lot. <laughs> um, and... Someone was like, just yeah, giving me a bit of shit because for you know I wasn't drinking or whatever. Mm. But I was like, you never hear people like when people get pissed, you always hear people like, oh, I'm never drinking again <laughs> or I need some time off alcohol or whatever. But you never hear anyone be like, geez, I've been fresh for a long time. Like, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go and get shit faced and just feel average for a couple of days. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So and maybe it's like partly like. I'm 34. You've just, you're 30, so maybe it's also a little bit of an age. Thing yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. Definitely don't pull up. No, like, definitely not. So. Like back in the day, going to like Ramsgate on a Friday night, City on a Saturday night, drinking yeah. on the like Sunday during the day. Literally, I have one night out now, and that's me for months. Yeah, like, yeah. and it's multiple days of hangover as well. Yeah, that's it. No amount of McDonald's can fix it. Nah, that's it. <laughs> But yes. Anyway, back to the. Uh, <laughs> back to the health. Yeah. So one one thing I've been asking people that I think is a really cool question is that what do you know now that you wish that you could tell yourself back then? I think probably I would say let it hurt, mm-hmm. but you're going to be okay. Yeah. I think that is something that is super valuable that I've learned up until this point in my life is that. Like, life doesn't happen to you. Life happens. Mm. So things are going to be shit and there's nothing you can do about it. And don't just try and not think about it or not deal with it. Let it hurt. Acknowledge that it's hurting or that it's stressful or that it's really difficult. But by acknowledging it, you sort of can, yeah, Find a, a resilience to keep going, find mm-hmm. a solution 
and move forward with it. Yeah. And then take the lessons and be grateful for the lessons. Yeah. So, yeah, everything will always be okay. Yeah. I think one of the great things that live in sort of like teach people in their presentations is that mental health is on a sliding scale. So it's not like if you get poor mental health, that's it. You've just got poor mental health for the rest of your life. Mm. Just as your mental health can go down, it can go up. Mm -hmm. So if it does sort of start to slide towards maybe a harder end of the scale, well, just know that it's okay. Let it be like sit in that space for however long you need to and just breathe through it, Mm -hmm. come up with a solution because Mm -hmm. there's every opportunity for you to get happy again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's really important. And when you're in that space and you are on that lower end of the scale, it can be hard to believe that you can come back. But I think just having like conversations like this and for someone who might be listening, hearing somebody else say that, hearing someone who's been through something like you have say that can make a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's super hard because... And it is a skill. It's a learned mm. skill that you've actually got to put some effort into. Mm-hmm. You know, that thing of deciding you have a choice on, on how you sort of like react or or how you feel about a situation or deciding that you know it hurts but you're just going to let it for a bit so mm-hmm. that you have an opportunity to fully process something instead of just forgetting about it and suppressing it. Um, and even talking about your feelings, like all these things are certainly – things that you need to work on just like any other skill yeah it doesn't happen overnight and it can be really really uncomfortable during the process yeah definitely but yeah you've got to take the first step yeah so yeah yeah good looking back now with hindsight and knowing all the things that you know now it's a different question I promise yeah how do you feel about the path that you've been down yeah I feel I think the path that I've been down is super serendipitous. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, it, like there's so many things. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. You know, there's so many people who I've met, so many mates that I've made and that time and those struggles 100% make me who I am today. Yeah. And sort of some of the things that I'm most proud about myself and the person that I am have stemmed from what I've learned through going through those hard times. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel super grateful for hard times because I just find so much learning in them. Yeah. And I don't say that when I'm going through a hard time. Don't think I'm sitting here thinking <laughs> being like, how good's this? I'm stressed as fuck. <laughs> can't wait to learn a lesson here. But certainly once I've worked through it, yeah, I can take a deep breath. I'm like, man, you did... Yeah, pat on the back. You did pretty well there. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and very similar to how I feel about my own path as well. And, yeah. You know, the the feelings you get when you're learning something new are never particularly enjoyable, are they? No, nah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. But you've got to know that with repetition and with practice of something that, you know, it's always going to get easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good. So, oh, yeah, it's, sometimes it doesn't even get easier, but it, you just get better at yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? No, nah, I don't I don't think so. I think um, probably 
you know, if anyone is out there struggling, um, I would 100% just hope you know that you are cared for and yeah. um, uh, you truly are cared for because there's people like Lisa out here <laughs> putting in their efforts and their own time and money into making a podcast to, to make um. people feel, <laughs> you know, like feel cared for. And, you know, if you think your mate is struggling, even if you're not the kind of person to go and speak about your emotions, like please, please, please reach out because you have the power to really, really impact someone in a really positive way. I would say also to people probably don't get caught up in trying to make the, like change the world. Yeah. You know, like honestly, the, the biggest impact that we can all make is just the tiny little things behind the scenes. It's the phone calls, the text messages, the random acts of kindness to our friends and family, um, folding someone's washing or doing mm. the dishes if they've had a hard day, you know. Yeah. Um, don't get caught up in thinking that you're not making an impact if you're not out there doing your own podcast or running your own events or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just the 1%, you know, just the tiny little bits of effort that are really going to make the biggest impact in in this world. 100%. Um, yeah, and I would say if I can keep going. Of course. Um, we could be here all night. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you do want more information, definitely check out www.living.org. They're an unreal organisation, young crew. Um, they're going so good and it was a, such a sick thing to be a part of oh, and I'm good. so, so stoked that, I'll, you know, that was a part of my life. Yeah. Um, and the other organisation is Rise Foundation Australia. Yeah, Benny Higgs, he's a madman, absolute madman. He's covered head to toe in tattoos, but he's just like the best person <laughs> at just speaking about his feelings and making yeah. you feel comfortable. And he runs an awesome organisation out of Sydney. And mm-hmm. they run um, they run mental health first aid courses um, for businesses, sports clubs, and that mental health first aid course is just so valuable. So make sure yeah. you yeah, check out Ben Higgs and um, the Rise Foundation team as well. Definitely. And I'll also pop those details in the show notes for this episode as well. So if you've been listening and you do want to look those up, just have a look in the show notes. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Awesome. No worries. All right. Well, that was incredible. And I am so, so chuffed that you've joined me. Honestly, when I was like putting this podcast together... Um, and it was still just an idea. So like last year, I still like you. Your name was at the top of my list from the very beginning. <laughs> Thanks very much. That means a lot. <laughs> because you know, obviously, you'd helped me out before, and I just feel like what you have to share is going to be so valuable to so many people who are listening. So thank you so much for being so open and for coming here on a Thursday night all the way to the other side of town after work to join me. It's very, very appreciated. And I think you are doing more good for people than you even realise. No, thank you very much. Yeah, no, stoked to come out and have a chat. And um, yeah, you know, a lot of people have got really great intentions, but yeah, to actually put your own time and money into doing this, again, you'll impact the world and people more than you will realise. So congratulations and <laughs> can't you. wait to listen to my annoying <laughs> yeah. voice on the way to work. <laughs> oh, well, again, thank you and I'm going to sign off now. Thanks very much. Lovely. See ya. Dewey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you 
or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com or DM me on Instagram at hightidelowtideau. See you next time.